We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. Welcome in. We've got a fresh episode of the state of recruiting right here for you, right in time for rivalry weekend. Should be a lot of fun on the field and, of course, in looking at the future of college football. I'm your host, John Garcia Jr. Find me at Sports Illustrated and, of course, right here at CFB Nation. Please like and subscribe on YouTube. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are consuming this audio. First of all, we give thanks. We appreciate you. Hopefully your Thanksgiving was phenomenal. And secondly, go ahead and share it. Go ahead and spread the word of what we've got cooking here at CFB Nation. Here, Irish Breakdown, All America Podcast, The Lucky Lefty Podcast, a lot of content coming your way throughout the holiday season. Be sure to check it out. So the plan for us today is really straightforward. There's a ton of rivalry games. It's one of the funnest weekends of the year on the field in college football. So you know recruiting will be reciprocated. There will be future connections being made, commitments, decommitments, privately, publicly, flips. We've already seen a lot of that at the tail end of the week. So we know more could be on deck during the week. And and naturally, as you would imagine, the biggest games are attracting some of the biggest and most important visitors throughout the class of 2023 and beyond. We will touch on at least one class of 2024 quarterback as DJ Lagway prepares to visit USC some two weeks before he makes his verbal commitment. So a fun show for you. We're going to go through Iron Bowl visitors. We're going to go through USC, uh, Notre Dame visitors, as we just mentioned with DJ Lagway. Clemson has a very strong group expected. And of course, the Ohio State Buckeyes will absolutely take advantage of this two versus three matchup in the horseshoe with a ton of top recruits expected in town, including a quarterback flip target after losing Brock Glenn to Florida State. So a lot to get to, some sneaky visits to bring up as well. Should be a fun show. Let's dig through it all. The biggest names, the biggest games, all for you right here at the State of Recruiting. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm truly not sure where to begin, right? You've got the Iron Bowl, you've got Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, South Carolina, the war on I-4, Kansas, Kansas State, Oregon, Oregon State. Across the country, there are huge college football games with big-time recruits slated to attend. Let's start where there are a lot of eyeballs. I guess all of these games are are going to have a lot of eyeballs, but I want to start actually with the Iron Bowl. Because, first of all, on the Auburn side of it, and look, Auburn is the visiting program, so all these visitors we talk about will be heading to Tuscaloosa for this game. All all the eyes on Auburn have been fascinating over the last week or two. At one point, there were reports confirming, hey, this is it. Lane Kiffin has accepted the Auburn head coaching gig, and he was, according to that report, to announce that in between the Egg Bowl on Thursday – and the Iron Bowl on Saturday. Well, as we record this, it is very late on Friday evening, and there still has been no announcement. In fact, after the loss to Mississippi State, Lane Kiffin has been steadfast in anticipating he would be Ole Miss's coach in 2023. Now, Lane Kiffin, as many other coaches have, have said one thing and done the other, so we'll see how that goes into Saturday, Um, but a lot of eyeballs on the Auburn Tigers gig. And then as irony and... um, head scratching and honestly comedy factor into that part of the conversation beyond Lane Kiffin. A new batch of reports suggests that if it ain't Lane Kiffin, it could be Hugh Freeze at Auburn, which again, who knew Ole Miss would have so much influence and ties and irony and projection onto that Auburn Tiger football coaching job. And you talk about a, a contrast there. At one point, it looked like Hugh Freeze could never return to the SEC, of course, the former Ole Miss coach. And now maybe he's the guy for uh, new AD John Cohen and the Auburn Tigers. So that will be fascinating on the Auburn front. Of course, Alabama, all they're doing is another number one recruiting class right now with a ton of top targets remaining, including many big in-state recruits. And naturally, a lot of them in 23, 24, 25 will be in attendance for the Iron Bowl because, heck, it's the Iron Bowl. You ever been to that state? You understand, just like the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving, it gets weird, it gets tense, uh, and it's just a hectic situation. It's one of those atmospheres you've got to take in at some point if you're privileged enough to be in the position to do so. So naturally, the Iron Bowl's got a huge visitor slate for Nick Saban. And the Crimson Tide, uh, some big official visitors, uh, including Jaron Hamilton, four-star receiver on 24-7 Sports. He's a kid out of the Gainesville area who, look, he's kind of this late-breaking wide receiver recruit that a lot of folks want, but nobody really has a good feel as to where he may be leaning. So uh, if Alabama's going to pick up a late wide receiver, Jaron Hamilton 
could be that prospect. Uh, a couple other Alabama commitments are also taking official visits. I think Tony Mitchell becomes quite interesting in that conversation because he's a well-traveled Alabama commitment at one time committed to Tennessee. And he has recently been spotted at multiple Auburn games. I believe he was at AM and Georgia at different points this season as well. So you wouldn't expect Alabama to have to hold off others for an in-state Birmingham area recruit. But I do think uh, him taking that visit to Tuscaloosa, Tony Mitchell, that is, is a really big deal to potentially lock him in. So those are big official visitors to Tuscaloosa. But I'm really more focused on the unofficial visitor list because you're having a whole lot of big-time D-line recruits making that drive and or flight up to Tuscaloosa. It's like if Bama's going to uh, overhaul this D-line class and finish with a splash up front, this weekend's going to have a lot to do with it. Not only are you bringing in top uncommitted in-state recruits, James Smith, Quay Rousseau, the top two uncommitted Alabamians in the SI-99, James Smith, of course, the D-lineman, Quay Rousseau, more of an edge hybrid. We actually rank him as an off-ball linebacker here at Sports Illustrated. Both of them will be on campus for, I believe, the third time this year. You're also bringing in a top Alabamian who has committed elsewhere. How about Kelby Collins, the Florida verbal commitment looking to visit Tuscaloosa? There are some rumblings, despite Kelby being very positive towards the Gators, very outward, public, and social towards UF, and even aiding the recruiting efforts. There is some talk that Alabama will not go quietly in this race. And Collins is one of these guys that has really upped his own stock over the last two seasons, I would say, out of Gardendale, Alabama, projects as a borderline SI-99 recruit with some inside-out game. He could really dominate as a three technique, but he's got some experience on the edge, which makes him very comfortable playing three, five, or seven going forward. So I think that versatility has upped his stock in the eyes of many SEC programs. Again, longtime Florida Gator commitment. Florida's done a really nice job. With that recruitment, South Carolina uh, was also involved, uh, as was Alabama, uh, and now Bama looks like they could be positioning here for a late flip attempt. So that's an interesting one. Again, another D lineman expected in Tuscaloosa. And then there's Reuben Bain out of Miami, Florida, Miami Central High School. You've probably come up on some of his statistics over the last two years. I think he's garnering about 50 sacks uh, next to his name. He had three against IMG Academy earlier this fall, which was a huge upset, one of the biggest upsets in high school this year. Uh, just a game wrecker, uh, an undersized pass rusher at 6'2", uh, who can get it done regardless of that size. He can win with power, he can win with technique, and he can certainly win with speed. Uh, very much viewed as a, a Miami lean throughout most of his recruitment, but he took an official to Tuscaloosa in the summer. Uh, he was driving around Nick Saban in his own golf cart. And from that point, it was it was kind of like ears perked up for everybody. Like, hey, this thing isn't just Miami's race. This thing could really be wide open. And wide open it has been during the 2022 season. Uh, Bain has checked out Louisville. He's checked out Auburn, I believe, on multiple occasions. Oklahoma has been involved in this recruitment. And, of course, uh, the Miami Hurricanes have been able to get him on campus uh, well more than any other program. So he'll be a fascinating SI-99 recruit to track down the stretch. Again, viewed as a Miami lean, but you know his father's come on record recently and said, hey, I'm not sure if he wants to be a part of a rebuild. Not sure about that one. He wasn't saying he 
wouldn't be a part of the rebuild, but he just said he wasn't sure, which is interesting because if you look at the schools I just listed for Reuben Bain, Louisville, uh, Auburn, Oklahoma, Miami, all four of those are either questionable from a stability standpoint with Louisville or under first-year head coaches with Miami, uh, Auburn, soon-to-be first-year head coach, of course, during that transition away from Brian Harson, uh, as well as the Oklahoma Sooners under Brent Venables. Kind of the odd school out in that regard would be Alabama, obviously, a school that has not had to rebuild since some guy named Nick Saban came to town. So this is an unofficial visit for Reuben Bain up to Tuscaloosa, but it'll be interesting. He hasn't been there again since the summer months. So if Bama's going to make a late run at him this weekend, presumably will have a lot to do with it. Uh, Crimson Tide also hosting a couple other defensive recruits that are worth keeping an eye on. Damari Brown, another South Floridian with ties to Miami, uh, another legacy recruit. That's become a big boy race. Uh, Clemson, Florida State, Alabama, Miami, the final schools in the running there. Remember, uh, Alabama's hit on a lot of positions. Again, number one class in the country. And we like the DB Hall so far for Saban and company, but very much hybrid and or safety laden among those verbal commitments. We mentioned Tony Mitchell. You throw in a Jaleel Hurley, some of these other commitments Bama's got on board. Very much longer safety projection types. Not any pure corners or technically sound corners on board right now. And Bama missed on Cormani McLean. Bama appears to be on the outside looking in for Desmond Ricks, more of an LSU-Florida battle as we currently see it. So Damari Brown becomes a very important recruit for Alabama should it want to fill out this conventional technical corner position on its board, which we know Saban does, right? He he works with the corners. Him and Travaris Robinson are, are a heck of a DB recruiting and development duo. That is, is one of the top targets remaining for Alabama. Again, unofficial visit for uh, the Crimson Tide. And then well, one of the hottest players back on the market in all of college football recruiting, Arian Carter out of Memphis, Tennessee. He was a linebacker who was committed to Memphis, and then this season came and he just blew up. 6'2", 6'3", over 200 pounds. He runs the rock. He plays linebacker. He's a hybrid. He's a whatever you want to do, we'll figure it out later kind of guy. Uh, and, and he has since blown up in recruiting. So uh, committed to Memphis. And after that point, picked up offers from everybody during the season. And now he's visiting the LSUs, the Bamas, the Georgias, the Michigans of the world. Tennessee, of course, uh, involved as the in-state SEC power so that will be fascinating to track as well he is also visiting tuscaloosa so again some defensive recruits certainly uh worthy of note uh, heading to the iron bowl and, and that's kind of more uh, of what you would expect uh, i would say maybe against that thought in terms of what you would expect is is some of the the prowess we're seeing at some other schools right uh I think Rodney Gallagher, uh, the West Virginia commitment who was looking at Notre Dame and some other schools visiting Penn State is is very, very interesting. David Hicks, you know, A&M has not recruited well this cycle, especially from a volume standpoint. David Hicks is, is, is their top verbal commitment. He's been to Oklahoma. He's been to Oregon over the last two weeks. A lot of flip watch in that regard. He's actually visiting Texas A&M for that LSU game. So important to get commits back in town just as much as uncommitted targets as we talk about, again, the home stretch of this class of, of 2023. So it's not just about the biggest games. There are some sneaky good visitors uh, 
outside of of the obvious. Um, and speaking of that, I want to look at a couple Clemson visitors. I, I think obviously Clemson, South Carolina, not the rivalry it once was, um, and and the recruiting impact isn't what it once was in that regard. Clemson recruits much more nationally than does South Carolina. Although Shane Beamer and company are recruiting above their weight class, in my opinion, they're able to put together a, a, a nice offensive and defensive line hall led by SI 99 recruit Xavier McLeod, who's an in-state kid for the Gamecocks. Uh, but, but the two interesting visitors are well out of state when it comes to the Clemson Tigers. How about Spencer Fano, offensive lineman out of Utah, who's a legacy to BYU out of Provo, Utah. So he's got very strong local ties to the BYU Cougars yet. And still Utah, Oregon, Michigan, and now Clemson have become involved and have now begun to receive official visits. So I think that will be fascinating to see how Clemson can throw a curveball. All of those schools have received official visits to this point. Clemson looks like it's getting the last one. Don't think BYU is going to get one. Don't think BYU needs to get one in this regard. Again, he's got a brother on campus. He's extremely familiar with the in-state Cougar program and angle. But here comes Clemson, right? I mean, you talk about Utah and, and, and Clemson, South Carolina. That's a contrast, folks. Uh, that's a contrast in recruiting. This is a kid who projects as a modern offensive tackle, 6'5", 275 pounds, longer, leaner, lighter, uh, multi-sport background uh, to his name, uh, a pure athlete at the position, which is something that, again, every program wants to build around. Uh, you're not looking for the 350-pound lineman anymore. Times have changed in that regard. Spencer Fano is one who has kind of blown up uh, amid the 2022 season. So Clemson was his latest offer, and now the last official visit he plans to take ahead of a decision. So it'll be fascinating to see if they can throw a wrench into his plans. Because at one point, it looked like an Oregon-Utah sort of battle. Then Michigan got involved, and now Clemson has gotten involved. So it could kind of break either way, right? Oregon has picked up five offensive line commitments in the last six weeks or so. So they look to be all but shored up at the position, but you don't say no to Spencer Fano. That rhymes, didn't intend for it to rhyme. Um, and then Michigan's got a class that's been building on the offensive line, recently picked up another commitment at the position uh, as well. Of course, the in-state schools are known for um, physicality and beef, right? Uh, Utah and BYU, they're going to run the football. They're going to play tough. Um, those are two in-state schools, of course, extremely familiar for Fano in that regard. So that'll be a, a kind of a sneaky, interesting recruitment to follow down the stretch. It could really break in a lot of different directions. And now he will get uh, that full Clemson official visit experience. Ditto for Chris Johnson, who has scheduled an official visit for Clemson this weekend ahead of that South Carolina game. Fascinating recruit from South Florida who will remind you a little bit of the Chris Johnson who played in the NFL, uh, both from Florida. They both rock the dreads and they both can absolutely fly. Uh, now, Chris Johnson was in an era, uh, an era of his own, right? The elder, right? 4-2 at the combine and absolutely ran like it in the NFL. This Chris Johnson all he does is run 10-4 in the 100 with slot and running back and return man experience. So a kid who absolutely fits this current day and age of, of space and speed in, in the game of football. And his recruitment has really been narrow for about six months now 
We've tracked this thing as a Miami-Ole Miss battle. You hear those two schools and you think of, wow, that's a lot going on with those two schools, right? And I think that's part of the reason why now Chris will visit Clemson. And by the way, Penn State in a couple weeks as well. This thing has opened up a little bit for Chris Johnson, who has admitted to me in particular that he's watching this season very closely to help him determine maybe the best fit on the field for his game. Now, taking that into consideration, thinking about what Miami has done as a major underachiever in this this 2022 season, um, especially at running back where it was supposed to be viewed as a strength. And I don't have the numbers pulled up, but it's not a strength for Miami. Um, It's been a shuffle. There have been kids in the doghouse with Jalen Knighton. Don Chaney was injured. Dad Franklin has announced he's hitting the portal. Henry Parrish has kind of been the bright spot, right? The transfer from Ole Miss, again, ironically enough, who's also a running back from South Florida, by the way. That's kind of been the bright spot for Miami. But even he has missed time with injuries. Um, but in terms of fit, it's, it's this Josh Gaddis offense that is still much more conventional than a lot of Miami fans would want. And it really hasn't showcased the speed and athleticism that Miami should always have at its disposal. So the perceived Miami lead, because look, Miami has zero running backs committed. It's their biggest weakness in this class of 2022. Miami had this perceived lead, but it's actually Ole Miss that because of the on-field product has ta- had taken a step forward, right? Led the SEC in rushing. Quinshawn Judkins is a freshman superstar who broke the all-time rushing record for the Ole Miss Re- Rebels in terms of a single single season performance. He just broke that as a true freshman. Obviously, with Lane Kiffin, you are you are offensively gifted, and that's going to pull kids in that direction. But then you think of Ole Miss, and we just talked about it at the top of the show. Uh, is Lane going to be there? And if he's not, who's he bringing with him? Could Ole Miss look and feel totally different to open up the 2023 season, which would be, of course, Chris's freshman season in Oxford, should he elect to play there? So the, the top two that have long been jockeying back and forth for Chris Johnson all of a sudden look and feel very different than they did in August. So now the door's open for other schools. And Clemson and Penn State are the two set to take advantage with official visits. Clemson getting him on campus this weekend for that South Carolina game. Interesting fit, right? We've seen Clemson do extremely well with versatile running backs. Uh, ETN comes to mind. Obviously, C.J. Spiller and previous regimes. And and right now, Will Shipley is a bit of a workhorse, right? So it's something that is attractive uh, to a kid who is recently zeroed in on by Clemson. And that's what's fascinating about this one. It could be one of those, the ball is in the school's court situations, right? Has a scholarship offer come down? And if it has, is the staff there pressing? Are they pressing for Chris Johnson? Or is this kind of a, hey, the door's slightly open. Let's bring this kid in and and kind of gauge him, see see what he's like. Because obviously on tape, again, at at a Dillard High School, this kid can fly. Um, You know, 80-yard touchdowns happen more times than not compared to other backs. So that skill set will remain coveted. And again, Penn State's going to get the final official visit as far as things currently stand. So I think that will be a pretty interesting recruitment to follow. So Clemson. Not the visitor list at Ohio State or Alabama or some of these other schools, but an interesting one to say the least. Which brings us to the game. Uh, I think I think that's where it's it's time to pivot um, again. 
some interesting visitors all over the country. Uh, I think David Hicks at AM is a sneaky good. Let me expand a little bit on DJ Lagway to USC before we jump into Ohio State, Michigan. This is an intriguing quarterback, right? Probably the top uncommitted dual threat quarterback in the 2024 recruiting cycle. So he's a junior at this point. But those junior quarterback dominoes, if you haven't been paying attention, they've been flying with verbal commitments. Dylan Rayola to Ohio State, CJ Carr to Notre Dame, Julian Sayan to Alabama. A lot of schools are positioning itself and winning big-time recruitments at the 24 cycles pace, which is a little earlier than convention tells us in quarterback recruiting. Usually it's in the summer, it's in the offseason. But for 2024, the big dominoes are falling during the high school season. So DJ Lagway out of Texas, 6'4", 220 pounds, just a big physical specimen. He could run it, he could throw it ultra productive and again a legitimate dual threat i think for me in the early scouting probably the top 2024 dual threat i've seen on tape he has set a december 7th verbal commitment date so just a couple weeks away from that pledge and there are ties to a lot of schools here for dj lagway he's a baylor legacy from the state of texas so naturally they're in it a m tcu the other in-state schools very much in the ball game here the Florida Gators have done the best job to this point of any out-of-state school. LSU has been involved uh, to a degree as well. And now he's going to take a second trip out to USC. He first went out there during the spring, picked up the offer, saw LA, all that fun stuff. Now he's going out for a game visit. Um, with that Notre Dame atmosphere, it should be very good. A lot at stake and on the line for the Trojans relative to a Pac-12 championship run but more importantly relative to a college football playoff berth screw the Pac-12 right a college football playoff berth could be on the line at least in principle going into this week so watching Lincoln Riley watching Caleb Williams in person try to operate against a very good Notre Dame defense no less in a rivalry setting will be big for DJ Lagway and it'll be different right he's from Texas football crazed state Again, Florida's done the best job out of state, football crazed state, SEC country. All those atmospheres, all those boxes are checked. By the way, he calls Florida his dream school. So certainly not overlooking the Gators in this recruitment. But USC with Lincoln Riley is different. Um, in, in watching how he recruited the quarterback position at Oklahoma, other fan bases kind of bowed out when Lincoln got involved at that position. It's like Ohio State and Alabama at wide receiver. LSU of yesteryear with defensive backs, Ohio State with pass rushers. You just kind of say, dang, they're involved too. Not great for us. Now that's carrying over to USC, right? He's already got Malachi Nelson committed in the SI-99 for 2023. Of course, Caleb Williams followed him from Oklahoma to USC for this year and next year. And now they're on to recruiting 2024 at the position with DJ Lagway as an interesting target because you know – at USC, you're in Southern California, a lot of local stars. There's a lot of local talent to pull from if you're Lincoln Riley at that quarterback position, which is so tied to the state of California and specifically Southern California. Yet, they could be zeroing in on DJ Lagway out of Texas. So I think to me that says a lot about Lagway's rise up a lot of schools' recruiting boards and just kind of the boldness of Lincoln Riley on top of it. So 
again. Uh, USC's got some interesting visitors, but to me, it's the junior visitor that is the most interesting in DJ Lagway. Keep an eye on that one. And most of you clicked on this podcast for this visitor list. Ohio State, Michigan, at Ohio State, following all the craziness of last year, Michigan finally getting uh, off the schneid against the Buckeyes. The revenge is going to be big in this game, and then there are bigger implications on top of it, of course. The college football playoff, both of these teams are in at this moment. One of them will lose, so one of them will bow out, theoretically, after Saturday afternoon comes to a conclusion. So, so much on the line at this game, biggest game of the week and biggest game of the year in college football, and the atmosphere will be nuts. That is a given. I don't care what the weather is. I don't care about any circumstances. That atmosphere is going to be nuts, right? And kids want to go see that. So I do think Ohio State is going to have a lot of kids visiting Columbus that are really trying to get into this atmosphere. And, of course, within that, there's a group of legitimate Ohio State targets that is absolutely worthy of discussion. I want to start with the quarterback position. We just talked about DJ Lagway in 24. Let's go to 2023 because if you missed it over the last week or so, there's been a lot of dominoes in 2023 quarterback recruiting, even ahead of the coaching carousel that should kick off next week with firings and all that stuff. Even ahead of that, there have been a lot of movement with the class of 2023 recently at the quarterback position. We talked about a couple of weeks ago, Jaden Rashada flipped from Miami to Florida. Michigan State dropped Bo Edmondson in an effort to begin to flip Dante Moore from the Oregon Ducks. And since that point, there have been more dominoes falling. Brock Glenn, the Ohio State quarterback commitment, flipped to Florida State. So now that spot is open for Ohio State. And we talked about with Notre Dame all year, the biggest question we have is who's going to be that QB1 in the recruiting class. By the way, Notre Dame filled that too. Kenny Minchie flipped from Pitt just last week. So a lot of dominoes falling in 2023. So Brock Glenn departs the Ohio State class. So now does Ryan Day just say, oh, we'll just hit the portal or we'll figure it out later? No. Nah. They've already got another target in mind and he's taking an official visit this weekend. You might not have heard of him, but Lincoln Keenholz is one of the more interesting players, not just quarterbacks, but players in this class of 2023. How's this? Six foot three, 200 pounds, all-state basketball player, a baseball player who bats 400, and a dual-threat quarterback that is absolutely shredding every level of competition that he faces in South Dakota. And I know what you're going to say. Oh, it's South Dakota. My you-know-what can go out there and throw for 300 yards. Look, if you play small school ball, there's nothing wrong with that, right? You're from where you're from. If you play small school ball, go dominate it. Go leave zero doubt. Leave no doubt about who the best and baddest man on the field is. Lincoln Keenholz has done that for years up in South Dakota. And as a senior, what do you think the touchdown numbers were? 40, 50, 60? How about 70 touchdowns as a senior? Had close to that amount as a junior as well. This is an ultra-productive three-sport superstar athlete relative to South Dakota. 
that Ohio State is now all of a sudden targeting. He's been committed to Washington since the summer. His original recruitment came down to Washington, North Dakota State, and the Wisconsin Badgers. He opted for DeBoer and the Washington Huskies, and it looked like a good decision, right? It still is. That offense has gone crazy in year one with Michael Penix. They chuck it down the field. They're productive. It's old school Pac-12 vibes with that current state of the Washington Huskies. But when Ryan Day and Ohio State come calling, it hits different, doesn't it? This is Ohio State. These quarterbacks have dominated at the collegiate level, and they get picked pretty darn early at the NFL level in this current construction of, of the spread offense. Go back to Dwayne Haskins, RIP. Go back to Justin Fields, right? Obviously, right now, C.J. Stroud rewriting some records there. He will be picked very early and in single digits come next spring. And there's a heck of a lot of quarterbacks thereafter, right? Kyle McCord is, is on that roster. Devin Brown was signed last year. We talked about Dylan Rayola coming in in 2024. That room is loaded for years to come. But now there's a hole in 2023. Could Lincoln Keenholz fill that hole? Well, he's going to find out, at least to a degree, what it could be like to play in the game. So Keenholz will visit Ohio State for that Michigan game, and it's an official visit. So Saturday is going to be important atmospherically, especially for a kid for, from South Dakota. No disrespect to that part of the country and the Pac-12, right? He's been to Washington games. No disrespect to, to what is out there. But this will be different in that regard. But on top of that, I'm not even I'm not even focused on that. He's going to be wild, right? But that's not a – you don't – Pick a school for that reason, especially a quarterback, right? These are calculated kids that have gone through the process, private quarterback trainers, a ton of mentors and people in their ear. You don't just pop because the game was was wild or lit, as the kids say. You got to go thorough. You got to go deep with the coaching staff. And because it's an official visit, Keenholz will be able to sit down with Ryan Day, sit down with that entire offensive staff, Saturday night, Sunday morning before he flies back to the other part of the country. That is the time where we're going to find out, A, how high on the board is Keenholz? Is he the only target and the no-brainer, let's go get him under any circumstances guy? Or B, is he one they're going to keep warm? Is he one that, mm, we'd like him, but we're not going to push? Maybe there's another flip target that, that we don't know about at this point, right? But Ohio State has flipped quarterbacks in the past. And maybe more importantly, Ryan Day has landed quarterbacks late in the cycle at various points. We just talked about that quarterback room. Only Kyle McCord was on board early for the Buckeyes. Devin Brown last year was a USC verbal commitment. Then Helton got fired in September, and he took a lot of time. And a lot of schools got involved for Devin Brown late in the cycle. USC tried to keep him. Um, Ole Miss was involved. Ohio State came in with an offer, and then they got him. Let's go to C.J. Stroud. This was an Ohio State-Georgia battle in December. He did not pick the Buckeyes until signing day. So Ohio State has won late quarterback battles, which is not something we could say about a lot of programs because, as we said earlier, the quarterback commitment window is in the offseason typically. So you deal with quarterbacks late when they're A, late risers, or B, the coaching carousel gets wild and players become available outside of what you expected. 
So now Keenholz visits Columbus, and we'll find out just where he stands with Washington and, of course, where the Buckeyes stand with him if they're going to answer that call to wrap up their quarterback recruiting in the class of 23. Of course, the visitor list is bigger than Lincoln Keenholz. Um, Samson Okunlola has been rumored in and out, number one offensive tackle in the country on Sports Illustrated. He was rumored to be taking this visit, so on Saturday I will have eyes on that. Will Okunlola make it to Columbus? Big question mark there. He told us he's going to drop a top five very, very soon. We know Miami, Florida, Alabama are, are expected to make that list. Who are those other two spots? Could it be Ohio State and Oregon? What about Penn State? What about other schools, Michigan State, that are trying to stay in this race? for the number one OT, a.k.a. the pancake honcho, as he calls himself. Could other schools make a play to get in that race late? Because it looks like Okunlola is going to sign in December, so the clock is certainly ticking there. If he shows up at Ohio State, game on for everybody else in that recruitment. Two visits before that point, a multi-day trip to Florida to see the Gators for the first time, and then Miami hosted him for the second time this year, uh, the week before that. So Okunlola, very much an interesting will he visit, will he won't candidate for that Ohio State-Michigan game. Important to note here with these visitors, uh, we'll talk about more uncommitted here in a second. Important to note the verbal commitments coming back to Columbus. There have been defections from this Ohio State class, right? We've talked about Mark Fletcher, the running back decommitted from Ohio State a couple weeks ago. Now Miami, Florida, others could be involved there. Brock Glenn, we just talked about, quarterback flipped from Ohio State to Florida State. There is some at least level of concern for some other targets uh, of, of that Ohio State commitment list, um, particularly those in the state of Florida. We've talked about the receivers that have, have been coveted by other schools for a long time that still play solid to Ohio State, Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis. In either order, they could be the best two receivers in the class of 23, and they're both committed to Ohio State. Each is expected back in Columbus for this Michigan game. That is very big. A lot of Ohio State commitments will be back in town, so good for the Buckeyes to potentially be able to double down on the guys that have already pledged their signature to the program. Back to the uncommitted, though, got to go to Damon Wilson next. Another Floridian to talk about. This is shaping up to be a two-horse race. Damon Wilson, elite edge prospect out of Venice High School in Venice, Florida, in the Sarasota area, for those of you who don't know. Huge prospect, um, 6'4", 230 pounds or so, lightning quick first step. This is a modern-day pass rusher elite first step, can bend, can redirect, and has got more strength and technique than his frame may suggest. So a lot of schools want in on this kid. And at one point, I believe Wilson put out a top five preseason. It was Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Miami, and Texas. Texas appears out. There have been no visit talks. Uh, haven't really seen any buzz with the Longhorns. Miami at one point had some in-state momentum. They're the only in-state school really in it for Wilson. It appeared as if the season and or other recruits making choices 
has slowed down Miami's chances at least to a degree. And then the other three have fluctuated their position, right? Alabama and Georgia preseason, I would say, probably felt the best. But now the season has come, and he's been to Ohio State twice already. This will be his third trip, Damon Wilson, to Ohio State this season. He took in the Notre Dame game as an official visit, came back for another game, and now he'll be back for Michigan. So Ohio State is making moves for Damon Wilson, and Georgia now appears to be the primary competition. So much so that there's coin flip vibes in the industry. This thing could break either way. And we talk about the race for the number one class. Both these programs are in the top five. So Damon Wilson becomes a huge priority recruit to track at the end of the 2023 cycle. And he will wrap up his in-season visits with one more trip to Columbus. Huge for the Buckeyes and Larry Johnson, who, by the way, are still looking for edge prospects. Um, Josh Mickens, the LSU verbal commitment from Indiana, he's going to visit this weekend. Also his third trip, that is a flip I'm watching for Ohio State. And then they're still in it for the other two elite uncommitted SI-99 pass rushers, Mateo Uyangalele, uh, as well as Keon Keeley, who we should have mentioned earlier, is another one slated to visit Tuscaloosa. Haven't confirmed that in a separate source, but one source has confirmed Keon Keeley expected in Tuscaloosa over Columbus this weekend. I think that one could be leaning a little bit more towards Bama, Wilson, more of an Ohio State-Georgia deal. And then Uyangalele still kind of wide open. Um, I've viewed that race as an Ohio State-USC-Oregon deal for months, but there's a little bit of Clemson conversation drumming back up, and now there's some Georgia talk here. And, and that was a school rarely associated with Uyangalele out of St. John Bosco. That is going to be a fascinating development late in the game. Could Georgia pull a stunner across the country where they've pulled some elite talent in the past, Keely Ringo, Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, all immediately come to mind. Could they pull a stunner and land an elite recruit who's been elite for years, a Clemson legacy, in Mateo Uyangalele when they really weren't involved, at least publicly, for a very long time? That would be a big deal come early signing day. That's December 21st, if you didn't know. Circle it on your calendars. We are getting close to that point. Quarterback dominoes are flying. Rivalry weekend visitors are crazy across the country. Huge developments potentially over the next few days. And then the coaching carousel is going to kick off and make it all more wild. Oh, and by the way, after that, December 5th, the transfer portal will open up and make things even crazier. What big name is going to hit the portal that nobody expects? Jordan Addison was that guy last year. Who's the starter? Who's the all-conference player that's going to say, you know what, I want to wrap up my college career somewhere else, whether it's a money grab or a status spotlight grab, which sophomore, third-year sophomore, or junior is going to look to make a final play elsewhere. That will be fascinating, and the portal opens up December 5th. So I say all that to say this. Strap in, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you've digested all that Thanksgiving food, that Thanksgiving turkey. While at our household, we're Cuban. It's pork. It's lechon, ladies and gentlemen. Digest all of that. Hopefully it's out of your system and you reset towards the end of November into December because if you follow 
college football recruiting, it's about to get wild. So strap in, ladies and gentlemen. Should be a very, very fun stretch. And the state of recruiting will be right here for you every step of the way. Thanks for listening today, everyone. God bless. Garcia out. worked hard for what you have your money your assets your 401k and home isn't it all worth protecting nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft lifelock ultimate plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement lifelock alerts you to identity threats you might miss and if your identity is stolen your dedicated u.s-based restoration specialist will work to fix it let lifelock help protect what you've worked so hard for save 25 percent off your first year on lifelock ultimate plus at lifelock.com aware terms apply